Hello and welcome everyone to the AFL Fantasy Fanatics Round Review. We are recording live on Monday the 10th of April after five glorious days of Easter weekend football. I am your host and AFL Fantasy Fanatic, Tim Guest. Probably a big couple of uh, talking points from the five days of footy. We're going to talk probably about some primo defenders that underperformed and that ruck line continues to cause some havoc. But uh, before we get into that, let me introduce my host, one of the hardest working men in AFL fantasy content creation, legend of a bloke, Bales, mate. How are you? How was your round? How did you score? Where are you ranked now? Oh, yeah, mate. Could have been, could have been a lot better. Um, plenty of underperformers. I know that a lot of people had a, a lot of bad performers, but I'm just actually getting up the, um, the website as we speak now. I did go sub 2000, though, which... Which isn't great. Um, first time this season under uh, under two thousand. So um, yeah, Laird put me let me down, and we'll, I'm sure we'll speak about him a bit later on um, as this my page continues to refresh. Um, not coming up with what exactly what I scored. <laughs> we'll um, come back to you, mate. We'll uh, come here back we go. Nineteen forty four. So that nineteen forty four. Yeah. So that puts me at a rank of I believe it's about eighteen, uh, just inside eighteen thousand. So that means I dropped. I think it's about 3,500 3, spots roughly, so a bit disappointing. But Yeah, well, looking at the AFL Fantasy Content Creators Cup, I think there was only seven coaches went over 2,000, mate, so you weren't the only one. Yeah, but- I, do, I, I don't want to talk about the Content Creators Cup today. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Bales the bike yeah. continues to be the case. Is that, did, is that, is that what it was, mate? Did, uh, you, did you go down? Not Bales the buy, it's just uh, known as Bales getting stitched up. That's that's exactly what it's meant to be. So, um, But yeah, um, plus three, negative three for the week. So plus three for me would probably have to go to, I think it's got, I think I'm going to give it to, no, I've got, got to go Harry Sheasel, I think. He's 119, he just continues to, to put up big numbers as well. But shout out to Tom Green as well, who just continues to, to perform very well. But yeah, uh, Harry Shees will get to for me. Special mention for Finn Callahan as well after having to hold him. Negative three. There was worse scorers than him, but it's got to go to Rory Laird for me. Um, I went to the game, got tagged by James H for the first half, and he just he got 28 touches but just never really got going with his normal game. Had a big third quarter but sort of didn't really save him. So, yeah, in the bit of a doghouse for me, mate. But, yeah, that's how my week went. Third score under 100 for the year, mate, but we'll get into talking about him Third a bit later under nine, on. Under 90. Third under 90. Wow. So. Yeah. Wow. Well, let's go around. We've got some great guests, as we always have. Uh, firstly, let's uh, throw it over to one half of the Plus Six podcast and our rookie expert, Jeppa DT. Jeppa, mate, how are you? How did you score this week, mate? And uh, how are you ranked now? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty well. Um, did all right. Scored, got to 2,000 even, which is uh, pretty, you know, not too bad with that, with Doherty captain on 74. So it would have been a decent round. Um, my best player on my plus three uh, would have been Christian Petrarca. I'll leave Tim English to Harmy, assuming he's got him. Um, but, yeah, Petrarca put on a second-half show yesterday against West Coast. So uh, not too many issues. I don't think Will Dave will get suspended for that one-action tackle. Um but maybe that's my bias coming through. So, yeah, we just need some rookies to put their hand up and get selected this week so we can uh, make an upgrade. Yeah, well, we'll see how we go. Hopefully uh, lockout will lift during the uh, the review like it did last week and we can have a bit of a look and talk about it at the end. But uh, 
moving across, mate. Let's uh, introduce the, our other guest this week, uh, Harmy, another great coach. Harmy finished second in uh, 2019. Welcome to the round review, Harmy, mate. How did your team go and how did you score and where are you now ranked? Thanks, Tim. Yeah, I scored, I'm just having a look at this, uh, I scored 2,070, so a little bit more than Jeppa there. And that brings me into 8,400. So I think I was about 15,500, something like that, before the round. And, yeah, Jeppa, that uh, 145 from English was pretty nice. But I think I'm going to have to give my plus three at the moment to Jaden Hunt, 95. I only had him for two weeks and he's just um, been carving it up for me. And I watched that game. And every time he took a mark and a kick, I was just so happy. So that's probably where I throw it. Well, uh, I'm curious to see what Jeff has to say about him a bit later on. But uh, I think uh, there's probably a lot of coaches that might be looking to bring him into that defensive line maybe this week. But, uh, but yeah, good stuff, mate. Good stuff. All right. Well, uh, just coming back to me. Uh, so I had um, a pretty reasonable week, week as well. 2033 um, moved me up and about another couple of hundred spots so the last couple of weeks moved up a couple of hundred spots each week i'm now inside the three thousands so two eight six nine so pretty happy with that um i am gonna give the plus three to english um 145 set and forget uh, forget has certainly uh turned out to be the the way to go so i'm pretty happy with that so far that call this year um and my negative three um I could give it to Stuart, but I kind of figured he might get tagged bringing him in. So I think I will give it to Doc for that 74 on, uh, on was it Friday night? That was just a bit of a stinker. So uh, that talks about how all of our, uh, our teams went. Let's uh, move into what everyone is here for. Let's talk about the games. So kicking us off, Brisbane v Collingwood at the Gabba on Thursday night. So Big O dominated the rock contest here with the ruckless pies. I mean, McStay did step in and do most of the work, but it didn't seem to help his score too much. And that midfield battle essentially produced the result with Brisbane stopping the prize run. And once again, the big score or the big story of the game uh, was Nick Dacos. Uh, he's probably the only primo defender that actually scored well this week. Um, yet another father-son, Ashcroft performed well again in the Brisbane midfield, but a big dog also in that Brisbane midfield just keeps underperforming. Bath, walk us through it, mate. Yeah, so we'll start off with uh, Nick Dacos. I'm sick of watching Collingwood uh, with Dacos now, so I'm bringing him in this week. So uh, he was impressive again, and and Jeppy just keeps performing week in, week out. We thought Brisbane at the Gabba, tough matchup, but Dacos just said, yeah, that's that's not tough for me. I'm just going to go about my business and put up another 120. Yeah, absolutely, mate. He's uh, He's got a thirst for the footy, and um, at the moment when general scores are lower than I've ever noticed... And I tweeted that out during the week, and I think the new 110 is just a flat 100. Um, you need guys like Nick Dacos who just constantly commands the ball. So he's going to get around 30 disposals a game, um, and that's going to put him in a pretty good chance. And he's just a must-have. He's a top-six defender. It's got to be done. Um, I just had, I let a look at his price projection on the weekend, and it said he'd be on Selby's price projection. It said he'd roughly be up at about... 880k or thereabouts. If coaches like myself are still looking at bringing him in, is it still still a good idea to look at bringing him in, especially with that maybe St Kilda match up? Um, if if he doesn't get tagged, he could run right. Uh, so I'm looking. His break even was 84. So what's that? Yeah, probably. I think it's only going to be about 40k. So yeah, he'd be about 880ish. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, so that's yeah, no, no, he's still unders. I I still feel like, like I said, he's he's a top six defender. So whether you do it now or do it later, it's probably best to do it now, given the defender crisis that we have with rookies and elsewhere. You've got to upgrade there instead of downgrading in, in the defender line. So no, no, it's an obvious choice to bring him in. Yeah. Yeah, definitely looking at bringing him in. And uh, all those coaches have got him, great. But there is still half the comp that don't have him. So I think he still will be a highly sought-after player. Harmy, uh, Josh Dunkley had a another sort of poor score with only an 81. Is is there starting to be concerns now because we've had four games in or because of the tough sort of run that Brisbane had to start the year that you're sort of keeping faith and you reckon he'll come good? Just going back one step there, Bales. Nick Dacos is averaging 114 for the season, I think. So that, that <laughs> might help you in your decision. Um, yeah. uh, look, I, I own Dunkley. Um, and you know, I'm just a bit concerned about that um, Lions midfield pumping out good scores, like all round. So, yeah, it's a bit of a concern. Is he a trade-out target, though? I'm going to say no. Um, but the I'm pretty stubborn with this sort of thing. Like I sort of tend to try and keep my premiums as long as I can, as long as they're not injured. So at this stage, I'm just sort of going to hold him and see what happens in that space. Yeah, and I'm hoping that uh, with these good matchups coming up, he can actually put up some good scores. So um, Timmy, your mate Connor McKenna, trade him out. Of course, he's going to go and put an 81 on your head. So um, he played pretty well on uh, Thursday night. Yeah, he did. Uh, I mean, look, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, I went from Conor McKenna to, to um, Tom Stewart. I mean, you know, it's 10 points maybe lost, but at the same time, um, I knew it was a, a possibility that he would get tagged with McGuinness, depending on how that you know, the teams went. And um, and I was just looking, I just think it was a good long-term buy, so I'm still happy with that trade-in. Um, who knows, I might even look at McKenna, getting McKenna back in this week, because I'm certainly going to be looking at um, strengthening up that uh, defensive line, but um, but you know, Jaden Hunt probably looks a little bit tastier at the moment. Yep. We'll see see how we go as we talk through the boys. Round six cannot come soon enough uh, for Sheezel and Z. We'll be slotted back there and, and hopefully solve our defensive issues. Um, Jordan Dugowie, a bit of a poor score with that one. He's been a bit up and down this year with only a 77. Obviously, tough matchup, but I don't see him being a top eight midfielder. So, um, Will Ashcroft, good again with a 76. Had a good second half. I think he had about 50 points. So, he was good once again. Lockie Neal, another poor score, as we Harmy mentioned before, with the Brisbane Lions midfielders having poor scores. But I've got my eye on Lockie Neal, who'd be about eight under eight fifty k this week, so he could be an underpriced premium in a few weeks if we see an improvement in Brisbane's um, lineup. Do you boys think that if Brisbane can show some uptick, Lockie Neal could be a guy we look at, or are we just steering clear of these Brisbane Lion midfielders? Oh, for the short term, probably Bales. Um... Something to monitor. I, I think he hasn't bottomed out yet totally. So maybe that's a question for two weeks' time. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tom Mitchell. And, oh, sorry, Harmy. I was go. just going to say, yeah, I, I'm sort of, I've got a bit of a list of um, people that I think are premiums who are dropping in value a little bit. And I put him on that list. But, geez, I need to see him bounce back a, a bit, I reckon, first. Yeah, yeah. It's been a very poor start for these these Brisbane Lions mids. Um, Tom Mitchell, a poor score there with a 63. This was a, sort of a concern at the start of the year that he may have 20 touches, but still not really get, like, crack that 100 mark. So um, he would be a guy that you could almost move off him, I think, if you've got him. So, yeah, not too sure with him. But, yeah, Tim, I oh, actually know Darcy Wilmot as well with a 36 as well. That was obviously a poor score for a lot of people's 
D6. So, um, as I said, round six can't come soon enough for those defenders. And, Tim, I think we'll move on to the next game. Awesome, mate. Well, moving on to North and Carlton under the roof at Marvel on Friday night. We all expected Doc to uh, have an absolute field day under the roof, especially coming up against the Roos, but he was pretty poor. Um, now many coaches had the VC on him, and I know there were quite a few cases as well where people had the C on him after um, putting the VC on dunks the night before. Um, but there were also unique but popular options in the podcast community. Players like LDU was kind of slightly disappointing after being a very late out the week before. Um, there were some astute coaches who jumped, jumped on Zebel, who you talked about just uh, you know just before Bales, but now were rewarded. Uh, but the story continues to be the highest averaging player. Well, I thought he was actually, but uh, Tim English has just pipped him. Um, he's and a Clay- first and, year player. Clayton Oliver, I think, is is still above him. I think he's he's third. I think she's all. Yeah, um, yeah he's killing it. The she's I, yeah, it's too good. Uh, we'll talk to the rookie. Rookie expert in Jep, uh, Sheasel, mate. He's just—I don't think any of us, um, even yourself, could have envisioned Sheasel going this well. No, he's actually fourth if you count Mitch Duncan, but who's counting? Um, It—it's <laughs> it, uh, no one saw him going to the back halfback flank. Um, you know, he was typically that forward, not pocket player, but half forward sort of match winner type, a bit like Dusty without the power and explosiveness. Um, just that class guy that can deliver it inside 50. And then um, Clarko's gone, nah, we'll, uh, we'll put you at half back and he can still deliver it inside 50, um, just, but just get it 30 times. So, yeah, we're, uh, we're blessed. We're lucky. We just hold him. And um, hopefully uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's smooth sailing for a long, long time. Yeah. Are we, are we thinking too early that he could potentially be a guy that we hold the whole season or are we still just sort of taking it just like you hold him and you just sort of don't think about it and then you can think about that after? Well, you can think about it after. I mean, he's got the round 15 buy, so I suppose if I'm going to be a negative Nancy, maybe he might cop a rest before that. But I would think the way North Melbourne are geared up in terms of their their linear path up, you know, up the bottom of the ladder, so to speak, is they want she's little you know, potentially win the rising star, um, do everything they can for him to win it. Um, because, you know, that gives the um, the football club and membership and everyone positive reinforcement. So, yeah, I don't envisage anything bad happening from a fantasy point of view. Obviously, um, injuries can happen without awareness um, and suddenly. So, um, other than that, I think it's all just going to continue on forward. He might even cop a tag. So. At the moment, yeah, there's no way you could trade off him. So he's not doing anything yeah. wrong. Something would have to change for you to have to trade him out through that buy period, I reckon. Yeah, 100%. He's he's just looking so good. Um, it's incredible. And then his sort of partner in crime back there and Jack Zebelharmy, he just keeps putting up these numbers. Not, and I think he's a guy that could be in the mixes for that top six defender spot but with all these defenders putting up poor scores. Uh, do you have Zeeb in your team? I don't him? have him. And yeah, I agree, Bales. I mean, I look at some of the trends that are starting to happen with the teams. And I mentioned the Brisbane Lions midfield there before. But um, North Melbourne, like that defence, I can't see him moving out of there. And I think the scores, he's going to be between 80 and 105 throughout the course of the season. So... Uh, I haven't been able to get him in. I've had a few other sort of issues and injuries and that sort of thing, but um, he's been a great sort of pickup if you started with him and a great trading option for those that jumped on, and I know quite a lot have, so well done. Yep, he's 
And uh, do you have a worry that do you just think that Hall's just going to stay out of that side and they're just going to run with Sheezy and Zebul in the side? I see him coming back in at the moment, but if he does, he's not going to take Zebul's spot. It'll be somebody else's, I reckon. Yeah, it could be maybe they do they throw a Sheezy forward or or something like that. That could be something that. They do. Um, Cripple was a little bit downy here. He still had his 29 touches, but a lot of handles. 23 of his 29 disposable handles with a 92. So for me, I just don't know if he's quite going to be an option for a Supreme midfielder. Um, I was actually uh, quite impressed with LDU on the weekend, Tim, uh, considering that he got tagged by uh, Kerno with 30 touches. Um, as an LDU owner yourself, uh, we, what did you see from his game? Um, look, I didn't really see much of this game, so I, I can't really comment too much on the game. I mean, disappointing from a fantasy score point of view. I mean, particularly after being a laid out last week, you know, coming back and just, you know, hitting a 91, which is, um, I think that's probably under what he's priced at or, you know, um, or around about that anyway. Is You know, I'm just hoping for a little bit more, especially in a week where, you know, there were some low scores from our primos. Yeah. But that's, um, it's what we expect with LDU. He's going to get that tag every now and then, so. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it was impressive in as a non-owner to watch him still rack up 30 disposals and get to a, a 90 considering he did cop attention. So I'm actually looking at him as a potential target in the, over the next sort of fortnight or so if I can try and bring him in. Um, Darcy Tucker, Jep, 79. Is, is he of interest at, at under 450k if maybe we see another week or two of, a, of solid scores? Uh, no, not for me. At this stage of the game, I'm looking for true upgrades now. Um, I'm sort of... Banking, unless yeah, someone really puts their hand up in terms of mid pricer. I think um, yeah, we've we've we can put Darcy um, to to the side for for the time being. It, he, he was tough. He, he played okay. He's still learned finding his way in the team too. So there might be a few more teething problems. Yeah. Um, obviously, Sam Doherty, as we mentioned before, very quiet with only nineteen disposals. He played a fair bit in the midfield, I think, in the second half. So, Hami, what sort of happened with Doc? Do you reckon in this game, just sort of just low score, and you thought maybe against North Melbourne he would have put up a good score? Yeah, that's right. And I, um, I VC Doc, and then I captain Taranto in the end. But I did watch this game and. They just had a number of other people in the back line that seemed to be chipping it around, and he got caught on the bench at one point. That that stuff through the midfield was to trying to get him involved. I think it might have been the third quarter, one of the quarters anyway, he started in the midfield. I think it was because they were just trying to get him a bit of a touch. Um, so, oh, look, I don't think it's anything to panic about at the moment, but there were just a couple of other defenders on the night that seemed to um, get a bit of the footy, and he didn't. He dropped a few marks too. Like it could have, he could have been a hundred as well. Should say that. Yeah, yeah, and I expect him to bounce back against the Crows on Thursday night. And that should be a cracker of a game as well. Will Phillips with a sixty-six. He was solid enough. If you, if anyone had him, either looping him on the field or potentially um, just had him on your field. Um, Holland's fifty-four as well. I think we'll take that for our rookies. As some of our rookies besides your Sheezels and guys like that this time. So fifty-four, not too bad. Tom Powell was quiet, so hopefully people jumped off of him as well. And then Lockie Cowan was also a bit quiet with a 42. So, Tim, next game. Awesome. Adelaide versus Freo at the Adelaide Oval. So, newly appointed captain Jordan Dawson went into the midfield for the first three quarters and steered his team to a glorious victory over the Freo Dockers. Always love to yeah. Freo Dockers lose. 
Um, I'm going to get hate from all the Freo fans, I'm sure. <laughs> um, I was concerned about his numbers from moving into the midfield because I did watch him really closely last year. So I, I still think there's a little bit of a small flag then, but obviously he kind of proved me wrong. But let's see if he holds it up. Big 126, I think it was. Um, Laird, your mate, got tagged to his third score, like like you said, under 90. Um, I think the other one that's notable to mention, probably Young, was disappointing again, but the Freo midfielders were generally pretty solid. Yeah, um, so I'll, I'll talk about Laird quickly. Um, watching him very closely, he just, at the moment, he just doesn't have that. I know that the game is sort of, we said this, it was flat at the start, the, the contested game at the start of the year. Obviously, it's not that. It's a bit more of an open game. So Laird's tackles could have been a little bit down, but he doesn't look like he's even interested at times to lay tackles. He looks like he's trying to wait for the little cheap handball like to pop out from underneath the contest to get like the quick clearance away. So I'm hoping that's going to change and he can actually go in there and get some tackles. But his tackle numbers have actually been down for for the whole year, I think. I think he had that – obviously the one score of 142 where he had, I think it believe was eight tackles. I'm just getting the stats up here. Yeah, eight tackles. But in his other three games, two, four, and four. So that's, for me, a bit of a concern that he's not – Laying tackles, I'm not trading him out and I wouldn't advise anyone to trade him out because I think he will come good. But it's just frustrating watching him um, at the start of the year. So, yeah. Um, what's the sort of a mid? What sort of a um, CBA rotation does Laird normally get? Oh, so, so Laird's still still the number one guy in there. He was by far and away had the most CBAs for the Crows and then it was shared out between everyone else. So he's number one and then the second and third spot gets shared amongst all the other guys. But... The but even still, the he only had about he was sixty five percent against yeah. Freo, which and he, is down. Normally, he's eighty plus. Yeah, and he I'd, every time he was on the ground, because again, I was watching him obviously very close. He was in the CBAs every time. It was he was off a fair few times where so, the goal was kicked. Quick goals were kicked because Crows did kick a fair few goals like in quick succession. So, but I think this is where you got to be a little bit careful, Bars, because I, I think I mean, and, and you know. I'd really like to hear Jeffrey and Harmy's point of view, but I think what's happening is they're putting a lot more people through that midfield and, and Laird just isn't getting the CBAs that he used to. And um yeah, I don't I don't know what it's what it what it what it's gonna mean for his for his value and his scoring, you know? Boys, what do you think? Oh, I'll go first, Harmy. I look, I think it was yeah, maybe just a bit of circumstance of timing and who was on the bench and where. I think he's still the number one clearance player in that team. Barry was rested, which was interesting. And then we saw um, Keys go in for a little bit. And then Dawson had 50% CBAs near enough as well. So, yeah, it's they got the likes of Rochelle ranking now. And you're right, they are putting more through there. And that could be a reason. Well, it, it is definitely contributing to the reason why Laird hasn't um, started so well. But he did cop some attention. And when... You're the number one clearance player in the team. You're going to body up on these players, and Les just struggling at the moment. Yeah, look. Um, so, if, would you be saying not to get off then, Jeff? If players, are, oh, if what would you be owner, telling our bales? Sorry, if I was an owner, I'd hold. But um, yeah, Harmy, what do you reckon? If I was an owner, I'd hold too. But it's probably a good um, example of not starting with the highest priced players. Uh, in the comp at the moment, we've got a balance of teams that we have some like um, GWS, like you've got a tight, like a tight rotation. I think the Bombers is fairly tight too. And then you've got yeah. some, but about half the comp that are starting to have more of a loose rotation, that Collingwood style of um, game where they have about eight guys that they give a bit of a go to. So, 
Yeah, Laird last year and the year before, he was high, high percentage CBAs. And with the introduction of um, Dawson in there last week. Exactly. So there is a chance that that goes down a little bit. But I wouldn't panic at the moment. I mean, um, he's still an absolute gun. as highest-priced player from last year for a reason. So we'll just see what happens. But I feel like, yeah, that... That that ninety eighty five percent whatever Jep said there that um, CBA rotation is being diluted a little bit that percent high percentage is coming down slightly but yeah look James Ash has been training as a tagger did a defensive job last week did a defensive job this week with Laird so fair enough cops a tag he copped a few last year too so I wouldn't be panicking just yet yeah yeah I I think he'll come good he's had a couple of tough games to start and obviously tension but yeah just frustrating for people that started I think he was nearly upwards of 35% of people that started him. So a lot of people are probably regretting that decision, including myself. Obviously, we talked about Dawson with a good game. Andrew Brayshaw as well had a big last quarter to get to that 108. I think he was on about 60-odd at three-quarter time, but you'll be happy enough with a 108. Caleb Sarong, again, getting another good score with a 106. Um, he was good once again. And I think he had just a quiet third quarter and a real quiet second half to to get to that 106, but yeah, you're definitely taking 106. Sean Darcy, again, cont- uh, continues to be that solid uh, ruck again. So 92 had majority of the CBAs for free on the weekend. So he was very good. Josh Rochelle, Jep, he's been a great pick for coaches that jumped on him. He's gone up 126K before this week and another 86. I think we've missed the boat on him, but just a couple of quick words on, on him and how he's performed so far. Yeah, he's an impact player, isn't he? So I would never rank him in, in terms of a top six forward, but definitely a mid-pricer that's bumped you up and, and got you in a position of, of cash generation and points. So well done to those coaches. I, I probably never would have done it, even with the splattering of, of CBAs, if, you know, knowing that going into round one. But, um, yeah, it's, it's not for one for non-owners right now, I don't think. Yeah, I think the boat's, I think the boat's gone, but... He's looking very good. I think I heard his one on TV, number one rated mid-forward in the competition, which is second year. If it wasn't for Dacos, I think more people would be talking about Rochelle, um as that sort of number one guy in that from that draft. But he's performing very, very well. Harmy, Hayden Young's been, been pretty underwhelming since. Uh, really, he copped that big hit against North Melbourne. I think he was in the first quarter of that game. And he's very quiet and lucky to get to a 78 again. Is, is he a guy that you'd be happy to move off of? It's an interesting one you bring up there, Bales. I... Um, so like this year I've copped a few injuries but I've only made one real error that I can see and that was bringing Hayden Young into my team so uh, I had Tom Stewart started copped that 14 in the uh, first quarter of the second game of the season so I traded in Hayden Young and in hindsight it was probably a bit of points chasing because he got like 119 in the first round so I took the opportunity to correct that this week. I traded Young to Will Day because he had that um, centre bounce role um, and he has been pretty impressive. But so, yeah, I've traded off him because of that, because I had the opportunity to have a correctional trade. But man, Young has been lucky to get to that sort of 80 mark in the last two weeks. He sort of finished off quite well to get there. Um, He's sort of down the pecking order in that defence and I don't think he's a season long keeper. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think if, you, if he's your biggest issue, I think you can uh, move off of him and get to a, a better defender. So, Tim, moving on to the Twilight game from the Saturday. Awesome. Richmond versus the Dogs at the MCG. So, Bailey Smith and Jack McRae owners probably need therapy by now, but there was some relief for Bont owners like myself 
who finally racked up a ton. Uh, Timmy T did Timmy T things, but only from the start of the second quarter after managing only five points in the first term. Um, but the big story was the big fella, the set-and-forget coaches, uh, probably rubbing their hands together, watching our Ruckman after Ruckman going down. Um, and we've now heard as well that Nank will now undergo surgery for syndesmosis on his left ankle and will be out for an extended period of time. So thanks to AFL Ratings. Pete, your, uh, your mate there, Jepper. Um, but Bales, why don't you take us through the scores? Yeah, I'll, do, I'll, just, I'll probably just quickly start on that um, that news of Nank being out. So does... Does that mean that Samson Ryan will be number one ruck, or is I don't know how far Soldo is away? But has anyone got any thoughts on that? Is maybe Samson Ryan an, an option to bring in as a cheaper guy, maybe with that number one ruck spot? Look, I'm looking at all rookie options, and I wouldn't rule out a thing um, at the moment. Um, so yeah, it, let's see how the week plays out. I think if you can avoid if another rook like Faye comes in from GWS, I think we look at that it's a bit harder because he's got DPP. Um, and then he's not susceptible to the red vest like um, Samson Ryan is. And uh, we saw him score 15 last week, which just kills your cash gen. So short, a uh, quick answer is no, but if we've got no options, then, um, yeah, we may, have, may be forced to jump on. Yeah, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on. But we'll start with Tim, your mate, Tim English, 145. Give us your thoughts on how happy you are with the big fella. 110 plus in all four games. Well, I was I was actually a little bit disappointed because I initially had the C on him, um, but then looking uh, at the weather in um, the weather in uh, uh, in Melbourne, I was a bit put off by how wet it was, and I thought, geez, you know, I'd, I'd probably pivot back to Timmy T, and then oh my god, watching that first quarter with Timmy English, I can't, I don't know how many points he scored, but he was just killing it. Um, I think he kicked a goal, he was taking marks, he was just, it was just racking up. Um, and then Timmy T had five points. So um, I was like, I was just, you know, you know what it's like as a coach. You're just sitting there kicking yourself, right? But um, but what an absolute star. Um, I mean, he's he, he looks like the best ruckman in the competition, to be perfectly honest, uh, um, if you ask me. Um, it's taken a while for him to develop, but he's, um, yeah. I mean, let's hope he stays on the park for the rest of the year, but um, he's killing it at the moment. Yeah, he's just he's just filling the stats lines up at the moment. Six marks, nine tackles, couple of goals, twenty three hit outs, twenty touches. So twenty he's just touches been, for a ruckman, you know. Yeah, it's in just, the wet as well. Yeah, yeah. So been fantastic. So um, Liber has been another one that's been very good. That's three scores out of his um, first four games. Have been over a hundred. So he's been good for any coach that did jump on him. As you mentioned, Timmy Taranto, one hundred nine points after quarter time. So he ended up uh, doing very very well, especially that second half. Um, bon and Pelly as well as you, again another one you mentioned Tim uh, 108 finally cracked the ton but there is a trend so far this year his third quarter he only had nine points again I'm not worried I'm just flagging that he does seem to have one quarter in the first four games where he he sort of takes it off and, and goes sub 15 and, and that maybe brings it down so um, he's probably more that 105 to 110 instead of that maybe 110 plus sort of coaches may were hoping for him to be at the start of the year um Daniel Rioli, um, Harmy's been a, a bit of a pod pick for some coaches out there. Is, is he a guy that's maybe on your radar? Not to trade in at the moment, but well done to those that did. I mean, he's been looking excellent. And, uh, yeah, 100, I think he got, like, early 90s last week. So can't complain about that. He's been really, yeah, he's been great coming off that back line. Don't know if it changes a little bit when Short comes in, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, and then Jack McRae and Bailey Smith were quite quiet. So I think that, 
have have we missed the boat of training them out, Jeff, or do you still think that we can move on on these guys? Because obviously we're starting to um, enter upgrade season. Well, I would hold them for the forward status now. I mean, Jack McRae is probably more unlikely, but I think Bailey Smith's a good shout for forward status in round six, which, you know, basically it's one more round um, to, to put up within the midfield and then you could get a little a little jump there. Um, yeah, it's just being bevoed. I think the comments came out at the, just prior to round four, uh, three, sorry, that he was going to do something dramatic, I think he said. It was quote, end quote, something along the lines of that. And um, all he really has done is played um, the players that should be playing their positions. So Lib has been the first at the CBAs, um, as he should be, because he's the best extractor in that team. Bonts the Royals Royce around the ball, and he needs to be around there. And I think McRae has been in there a decent chunk, but um, has suffered. Um, And it was a wet game too. So McRae probably didn't get as many marks on the outside, and same with Bailey Smith as well. So I'm looking at the stats. Bailey Smith, one tackle, which is doing no one any favours. McRae did have four tackles, though. So, yeah, look, it's. I think the magnets can move week to week, but if I had McRae and Bailey Smith, I'd still hold, just on the hope of the forward status. Yeah. And then Liam Baker was the other one as well that had a pretty solid game with 79. So if anyone jumped on him as a mid-pricer, you might have won a tiny bit more, but 79 in, in the wet's probably not a bad bad result. So, Tim, we'll move on to the Saturday night games from Saturday. Bloody hell. Ross the Boss is 4-0. St Kilda versus the Suns at Marvel. Um, there was some big score from probably some lowly-owned players, like players like Anderson, Brad Crouch, Took Miller. Um, but probably the big score of this game was once again the Ruck Department with Ned Moyle coming in for Jared Witts. Um, I'm not, I actually haven't heard much about the news about Jared Witts, what the issue was or how long he's out for, so I'm interested to hear that from the boys. And then, of course, I think, um, I mean, I know I was up against uh, Destroy in the uh, AFL Fantasy Content Creators Cup, and he uh, made a late pivot to go put the C on Marshall, but then Marshall got bloody subbed out. Um, and I think the other probably person worth mentioning is Stocker. I think he, he bounced back after a 55 last week. So, Bars, what do you take us through, mate? Yep, I'm very happy with Stocker. We'll talk about him in a sec. But, yeah, um, I just want to give a shout-out as well to one of the guys who's watching on the watch long on this night, um, Anthony Beresford. He traded Noah Anderson out to Josh Kelly. So, yeah, it's, it always happens. Uh, every now and again, you trade out a premium. They go they go huge at 159. So, Jeffrey Harmy, anyone can go here. Is, is Anderson a guy that is that well? He'll be over eight hundred k now. Is is this just one out of the box, or because a few people thought he would go well this year? Is he an underpriced option? Yeah, I actually watched this game. Um, surprisingly, chose to watch the Saints v Suns, which is interesting. But um, <laughs> the the Suns, nothing really changed. Like the Suns still have that tight rotation. It's Anderson um, and Rail and Miller and a little bit of Swallow. So. I couldn't really pick um, what had changed this week for Anderson to have popped so much. I mean, but he killed it. He had 10 tackles, I suppose. That, that kind of does help. But that's a massive difference. And, yeah, it's a shame for the guy that traded him out there. I can see why he would have wanted to jump off. Um, yeah, look, he just had a night out. Um, not really sure what you could put it down to. But so, but so did. Like, yep. It was kind of a fairly fantasy-friendly game too. There's quite a few players there that have scored over 100. 
Yeah, so you'd, you'd probably want to see another week or two from Anderson oh, before looking at him as a potential option. I should be honest, I actually checked what his break-even was and what he scored and what his last couple of um, weeks have been like. So, I mean, I had a quick quick look, but I'm not really looking at him as a trading option at this point. If he does it again next week, geez, maybe you've got to stand up and pay attention to that. Yeah. Um, Brad Cratch had a huge game. He was on 23 points at uh, or 24 points at halftime, I believe, and ended up on a 125. So anyone that jumped on him... Geez, two, two, a tale of two halves. First half, you're probably thinking, crap, why do I look at bringing this guy in? But then second half, you're thinking, this is exactly what I wanted to see. Why couldn't you do it for a full game? So he was fantastic. Toot Miller, Jep, is, is he a guy that is becoming to be a factor for you? He's gone down a little bit of money, 120 uh, this week, and he's got a few good games uh, on the horizon coming up. Yeah, he uh, he started the um, the season against some hard matchups, so I opted not to start with him. And yeah, but coming against Frio North, Richmond, Melbourne, West Coast over the next five. So starting to get my attention now. Um, he's had a break even 133, so he comes down price even more. Probably be around the uh, 910 mark as a guess. Um, so yeah, looking good. Definitely on my radar for one of my mids. But I think, like many, mate, we uh, defence is where my problem sort of sits at the moment. Um, and there are some cheaper primos available there. Yeah. Um, obviously, we spoke about Ron Marshall. That I can understand from a football sense why they subbed out Marshall, being that all their players at the Saints moment keep going down with injury, but obviously sucks for those coaches that had him as their captain and switched there late. Sinclair had a good game as well, in a good matchup with a 103. Uh, Liam Stocker, as an owner myself, that I sort of brought him in last week for a poor score, he, he performed better and got an 88. So I may hold him for one more week and and then look to move off in the week after when I can maybe go him to a midfielder or a forward when I can uh, switch Zeebel and, and Sheasel back there. So he was impressive. Uh, Stato would be happy with uh, McPherson's 84, happy enough. So uh, 9% game time as well. So he just doesn't come off, does he? So he was very good. And, and uh, Ned Moyer was well uh came in for Wits, and I'm not sure if there's an... Is, does anyone know of an update for Wits if he's out more than this week, or...? Well, he did say soreness, so he was a late withdrawal to soreness. Um, he's an old man, and I'm sore all the time, so it could be longer, <laughs> but I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to, have to see, but I think if Ned Moyle... I see if Wits has ruled out for a few weeks, I think Moyle's going to be one of the most trading players this week as that downgrade option... And then Philippou with a 66, so he kickstarts a little bit more of his cash generation, which will be good. So hopefully he can make some more more dollars. And then Humphrey was quite as well with 47, so probably not an option for us to look at as a bit of a more expensive um, rookie. So, Tim, the other Saturday night game. Yeah, so Sydney versus Port at the SCG. I mean, firstly, just Sydney games always just bizarre to watch, like the camera angle, the small ground, but then it was also just really weird. I think what a weird game. I mean, seeing them, both the McCartan brothers going down with concussion um, and then that early crow uh, after the siren and a game-saving spoil. Um, but if we look fantasy-wise, you know, Mills has missed the fix that went back and was once again disappointing for those that brought him in as a top-eight midfielder. I think that happened, obviously, with the McCartan brothers going down. Rosie was tagged. I mean, we thought that obviously was a possibility in the pre-season. Goulden just kind of did enough without really kind of impressing. Um, and then I thought another one pay attention to is bloody Lloyd. He's just been kind of getting it done back there in that uh, that city back one. And and then of course, lastly is probably the Hornbag for those that still haven't haven't been able to get off him. Um, it's probably going to be on the chopping block again this week. I would say who tagged Rosie? Yeah, 
Who tagged Rosie? He said Tim. Row bottom. Row bottom, did he? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, you buddy outscored yeah. Rosie. That's a bit poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that that's the uh, that's the subs. You know, the, the byproduct of having such a good player. Um, he's going to get tagged time to time. It's it was just a shit game for fantasy scoring in general. I thought it was. Yeah, it was really bizarre. I know SCG doesn't normally draw the highest of scores, but it just looks, yeah, looked terrible. Only um, three tons. Yeah, and I, I, um, you know, I like the look of in a time of of sort of rookies. I don't trust. Um, geez, uh, Dylan Williams. No, nah, yeah, Dylan Williams. But who's the uh, coach from Port? Geez, Spencer Blake. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust Hinkley. Um, but he did use the ball pretty good. Um, he did make a few mistakes, but um, he was he was pretty honest. So, one to watch there. They're just you know where but but Burn Jones comes back in straight away because when he came on, he gave him a spark, but he did play half forward when he came on. So, one to watch there. Yeah, yeah, definitely one that uh, if he can hold his spot and and maybe got uh, a few more games under, he could be a potential option there. But I was pretty happy with Golden uh, with 95 against Port, a pretty restricted Port Adelaide. So 95 him, he got about 40-odd percent of CBAs. And we all said if he can get 40, 40 or more percent CBAs, we'd be pretty happy with him. So 95, as you mentioned, Tim Lloyd's been doing his thing with a 98. So he could be a guy that we keep an eye on. Probably not the highest priority in defence at the moment, but just a guy that could be solid there. Butters played a bit better, got an 83, but it's probably still not enough of of what you'd want. And then, yeah, Callum Mills just poor again with, with only a 75. So, um, yeah, would would we move off at Callum Mills just because he's he's really just shooting down in price and he just he's just thrown around everywhere? Is he a premium that we'd be happy to move off of? Oh, look, I think, yeah, the, the, in the game, like you said, they lost both tall defenders. They had Fox and um, Rampy playing tall and they just needed that extra interceptor really to, to help out. So... I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't worry too much. I know his highest score of the season has been 109 and then, yeah, 87, 95 and 75s now. So it's not ideal. Um, you could, definitely. I don't, I think Mills is going to be up against it now to start being, um, you know, pushing those top 10 midfielders in terms of scores. But, you know, he will get there in some games. There's no doubt he'll come out with a 125 plus during the season at some point and put a few of those together. But, you know, this short time, is there someone of more value that you can jump on? It just depends on circumstance and who it is. Were everybody that we've spoken about today at holding saying, oh, I've got to hold these guys, you know, they're, they've got like they're in the CBAs and they're proven scorers. Well, I think that Mills hasn't really got the role is probably one thing you could look to trade off him because of. Like, Hilaire, he's still in the CBAs. Um, McRae's still in the CBAs. But Mills, his role is unpredictable under Lombard. So, yeah, you, you possibly could trade off. Yep, so he's I'm just having a look at Mills' ownership at the moment here. So, yeah, only, only 3%, but um, those 3%, yeah, could look at... Moving off him, and then uh, a guy that we took in that uh, the mock draft, uh, Tim uh, Ollie Wine, so only forty eight points, so <laughs> very very quiet there. So um, moving on to the Sunday games, only two of them. That's right. So uh, firstly, Essendon versus GWS at Marvel. So once again, another fairly bizarre game under the roof. So conditions were great, but the game was pretty poor. Although it was pretty high scoring from a fantasy point of view, um, Whitfield looked. Pretty dangerous, is likely to get DPP in a couple of rounds' time, but most of the Giants mid scored pretty well, except for Cogs, who um, 
he, he did well for most of the game, but just had a really poor last quarter. So I'm not really sure what happened with him. Um, owners of Callahan would be pretty happy because he bent, they, he bounced back um, for those who were forced to hold or still have him. And then, I mean, these these mid-prices, I mean, we'll talk about day when we get to um, um, Hawthorne, but Setterfield, um, you know, keeps getting it done even though he had a slight, slightly quieter game. Um, McGrath owners have probably lost their patience there. Have you, have you got him, Bales, McGrath? Yep, yep. Yeah. McGrath, see you later. Yeah. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. And um, lastly, just a couple of bench rookies that are probably relevant, but I would say they're bench rookies for most people. So, you know, wouldn't have hurt people on, on field, I would have thought. Yeah. Um, Nick Haynes did – he was massive, 17 marks. Not not an option, probably good for draft coaches, but 126 is a big score. Mason Redmond seems to be that guy in the in the Bombers' defence that of 122. But I think, as, as people have said, is – um, is, is he maybe, as a Bombers uh, supporter, is he a guy that out of the Bombers defenders you'd pick him or would you still be erring on the side of they've got too many mouths to feed back there and it, he could drop a 60 next week? What do you think? Yeah, thoughts? the latter there, mate. That's right. Like, uh, he does this, Redmond. He, he has to, like does some great games. He's got a pretty um, even score build. Like, he gets marks and tackles and that sort of thing. But between him, Ridley and McGrath, could be any one of them that get a high 90s score and the rest of them both get 70s or 80s. So uh, I don't know if he's if I'd be jumping to him. Yeah. Um, Tom Green just continues to put up good scores and he's taken at least four marks in every game and that was what we were concerned about. So he's, And he's taken six marks in three of the four games. So he's been fantastic and, and he looks very, very good and looks push, like pushing that 105 potentially even um, nudging on that 110 average. So he's definitely um, a keeper for um, – could potentially be a keeper for the season. So he's been fantastic. Uh, Merritt, 109, so just getting his um, getting his 100 there. Probably still a bit expensive for us. Um, Josh Kelly, Tim, um, had a good game with, with 106. Um, I can't remember if you started with Josh Kelly or, um, yeah, or not. Yeah, I started but... with him. Yeah, I started with him. But yeah. I, was, I got off um, when he got the concussion. Um, yeah. But, um, but look, I'm at, I, I think 106 was actually probably – a, a I thought he might have gone a bit bigger than that against uh, against the Bombers, but um, and I don't have him, so he didn't hurt me. I know Roy did, so I was worried about that. Yeah, oh, well, he I wanted him this week, but uh, Constable being out, or Constable not coming back in, sorry, was sort of didn't. Uh, and Wilmot scoring poor, I couldn't quite get Kelly. So, but yeah, I I'd think love to still... get him in, but like Jeppa said, I think the the issues we got are down back, and once again, I'll be looking to. Um, I mean, I know Stato. I mean, we'll talk once again. We'll talk about the the, the league in a in a moment, but. Um, I mean, Stato, he's killing it. And one of his strategies we talked about on Friday um, in that pre-round, uh, pre-lockout chat was um, he wanted to make sure he had a better player in that D6 to get up on the competition. And it certainly worked for him this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it seems like a very good strategy at the moment because we've got plenty of defenders putting up some dud scores. Uh, as you mentioned, Whitfield, though, could get defender status and, and he's coming down in price. He's... 741, had a break even 116, he scored 100, so he'll come down a little bit more. He could be an option at just under 700k if he gets defender status for us to look at, so just want to keep an eye on there. Setterfield 99, had a little bit lower time on ground as well with only 72%, but 99 owners would be pretty happy with that considering that he had a bit of an injury cloud over him this week. Um, Parrish 96 with 30 disposals, so... I'm not, sh- I'm not sure at the moment. I think Bombers are, are playing a little bit um, quicker and I don't know if Parrish is going to be hitting those 110, those 110 numbers. Would you agree, Harmy? Um, yeah. Like, I just 
Look, Parish, Parish. Look, he's probably a little bit more than that, but um, they've got a good rotation with Setterfield and Parish and Merritt and Shield at the moment, which is nice to see. Just, just a couple of things to touch on that you've mentioned there. Lockie Whitfield got a hundred, but bear in mind the Bombers kick twenty-two points, and and yeah, he takes yeah. the majority of the kick-ins. And Jeppa, I was just going to ask a question from this game because I saw a bit of it. Um, and Alan Davey Jr. He looked really sore. Like in that last quarter, I think yeah. he, he just went off. And I'm thinking at this point in time, he may be out for a little – miss a couple of games and be our downgrade target um, at the moment. Yeah, agreed, buddy. Um, a lot of rooks look sore, um, especially from the Sunday games. He's he's one. And what I'm more worried about is him copping the green vest this round um, and then stifling his cash gen. So – if that's the case, yeah, I think he's one of the first to go for sure. I I know a few have mentioned um, Ollie Hollands, but he's one to keep, I would think, and persist with because he's one of the fittest young blokes um, in, in the group that we've got um, within our teams, or most of us does anyway. So, yeah, Davey Jr., one, one of the first to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, he... I listened to Brad Scott's presser and, and he said that he's fine. He just copped a sting on the shoulder. But as, as you mentioned, he could cop that. And he said he's important. That Dave is important to the side, but that could mean, as you said, he could cop a green vest and still be involved in the side and come on late as an impact player. But maybe, as you said, stifles that that cash gen. Um, now, Tim, I want to ask you about Finn Callahan. So as an owner, and I think a few people held him with Constable being out and, and Wilmot maybe scoring poor, so to fix up that defence, Scored 88, looked looked a lot a bit better. Still has that wing role though. But with Hawthorne this week, would you? Tr- a lot of coaches have maybe got a McGrath, a Warple, and a Callahan. With Callahan going better, break, lower breaking, would you be holding Callahan and prioritising some of these other guys, other mid prices? Uh, look, I think it's all going to be team defendant. I mean, it's look if you got stuck with him last week because I know a lot of players. Like I know this was something that you were looking at doing last week, Bales. You were considering. Was it a Constable and a Warple or a Constable and a Callahan or yeah. something along those lines? And I think you went Warple to – did you bring in Stewart? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so um, – which I think was a good move, but it left you with Callahan. Obviously, you just would have been happy with that score. I think you still want to look to get off him, obviously. We don't like wingers. You know, wingers we, – we, their scoring can be volatile, if good at all, um, with these kind of – this new game style that we're kind of seeing more and more of. Um, but, I mean, you can afford to hold him. He's got, you know, he's got Hawthorne. Yeah, he can afford week. to hold him for one more week. I, I don't think he's a, a number one priority, but he's he's going to be getting there pretty soon, I imagine, as one yeah. of those trade out options. Yeah, boys, what do you what do you boys think? Would you be moving off a of Callahan still, or maybe lower break even? You could hold for another week. Yeah, playing the break even game. Um, it depends what his break even is, but look, nothing, again, nothing's changed in terms of his role, so he's going to be susceptible to. Some poor scores, and I would look to jump off as soon as he can. Yeah, Bales, I traded off him this week, which is a little bit um, sad to see him put up that 88. But anyway, I still think it's the right um, decision long term. So, yeah, I've traded him out. Yeah. Um, Jordan Ridley as well with an 82, as we mentioned with those Bombers defenders, can be um, it can it can be Ridley's week one week, could be Redmond, could be – well, it hasn't been McGrath really any week. Um, are we all looking to get off McGrath? Because I'm certainly um, cutting ties with him this week, I think. I traded McGrath this week to Will Day. It was a bit late on the Will Day train, unfortunately, um, dealing with other crap within my team. But um, I've still got Dan <laughs> back there, so it still gets, uh, gets worse. So, um, yeah. 
short answer is yes. He just I went to the round one game in Melbourne versus the Hawks, and I was watching his running patterns. He actually runs through the guts quite a quite a lot. And if if your team isn't inclined to take it on through the middle, then he's not going to get the footy. So yeah, I, I just I jump off him. Yeah. Um, Cornelio as well, a bit of a poor score there with 79, but he's still got that role. So um, just a poor one. But um, Do you want to see what happened to him in the last quarter? Because like, he, he was going well for three quarters and then just died in the last. I think, did he, I think he played forward, I'm pretty sure. I think he moved forward in the last quarter. I don't know if I was watching that correctly, but um, yeah. Okay. yeah so. um, moving on to the second to last game, Tim. Uh, well, West, West. Yeah, West Coast versus Melbourne at Optus. Um, I mean, I thought. Um, I thought we might have seen some of those second-tier players from the Melbourne side step up and play bigger roles, but it wasn't really the case. The Melbourne midfield, those big three in particular, Oliver Grundy and uh, Petrarca, all went big. Um, we also saw the return of Yo, but he was eased in and really managed. And uh, Harmy, along with all those other coaches that jumped on, Jaden Hunt would be pretty happy with his stocks rising this week. Um, rookies were quieter with Ginners having a role, um, and there was a top-six defender that was even worse. Yeah. Um, but starting at, at the top, Tim Kelly was was huge. I think Lauren uh, sent us a question. Um, I think it was yesterday and said, "Is Tim Kelly a trap?" And I think I can pretty much say for my, well, actually, Tim and Jebba can probably answer this one. I'd, I'd probably say say yes because he can just put up a sixty next week. Is is he a trap for coaches looking at him? This might be controversial, but I just think he's a lazy footballer. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but um, oh. <laughs> I just think. He's not going to be a top eight fantasy player for, for all the averages, all the ups and downs that you're going to cop. It, yes, he's, like you said, a bit of yo-yo scoring, not one I've ever considered and never will consider, especially knowing my team pretty decently. Yeah. Um, Clayton Oliver, again, just continues to dominate everyone. 129. Those coaches that started with him and have and have jumped on him, they're, they're reaping the rewards of some huge scores and outscoring Laird pretty much 40, 50 points each week is is very handy, and especially as a captain. So I think he's still too expensive to jump on now, but he's just been fantastic. And Petrarca, your boy... Can I just jump boy... in there? Sorry, Bales, yeah. mate. Just with Oliver, um, I talked about thirst for the footy with Dacos before, and I was at the game, had a pretty good view of it from, um, from away from the TV screen. And he is another one that just constantly commands the football. He gave, I think it was Fritch or someone, an absolute pacing not kicking it to him um, <laughs> in one uh, scenario in forward 50. And he just wants the ball. Um, I think he's destined for big things. I think he'd be leading the Brownlow at this point, even playing with Petrarca. So, yeah, he is one that I think we all need eventually. Yeah, well, your boy Petrarca did well as well, Jeff, 124. Yeah, real happy with his second half. I think he had 30-something in the first half, so he might have copped a bit of a spray. And, um, he, yeah, he was just phenomenal. It was it was actually great to watch the whole team. I um, I brought in Pickett uh, this week as my other trade for um, Bruin, which I held on to probably for an extra week than I had to. Um, and then I started also Chandler and Van Ruin just on the proviso that it was going to be a bit of a pantsing. But... Chandler, I still think he's playing his role. He came into the game slowly in the second half. Um, Van Ruin's chopping out the ruck, and I do like that. But having Tom McDonald next to him this week was not ideal for him and took a bit of the uh, the spice away from his potential scoring. So um, going forward, I think Van Ruin's a bench cover only. 
Um, Brady Grundy, for those coaches jumping on him, and even put the send, he'd be pretty happy with a 119. He was very, very good. Um, now, Jaden Hunt, uh, Harmy, you brought him in. He he cost me my matchup against Sanch <laughs> in the Content Creators Cup. If he gets a if he gets a fifty, then I then I beat Sanch. But you'd be very very happy as a as a guy that jumped on Jaden Hunt. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Look, I don't, with Jaden Hunt, this is like one of those coincidental things, like a sliding doors things, because Constable going out and West Coast playing on a Sunday, it just it just made, meant that I had to pick up Hunt, and I'm pretty happy with the way that that went. But I actually like on trades. I'm the same as Jeppa. I brought in um, Cozzy Pickett too this round. So he was actually my upgrade from Finn Callahan, which cost me one point. So, yeah. Um, but Jaden Hunt, he gets, gets a lot of free marks. Like, he runs the space pretty well, and they seem to be looking for him. So I was happy with that. Well, yeah. I, mean, I can tell you he's one of the only ones that runs hard in our whole football yeah. team. So that's why he's getting on the end of it because they're, they're holding the ball waiting for an option. And because he's running the hardest, they kick it to him because no one else is running. So, again, he was the other one I watched pretty closely. And, I yeah, I applaud owners for jumping on because I was pretty um, – or a bit of a sceptic at the start. Um, but, yeah, going forward, I think it's the right move, especially with he, – he's another mid-price I would go on to. Is it is, is it – is it too late to jump on him? He's got Geelong and Port Adelaide in his next two. Is that maybe – is he too late or can you still jump on him? I still think you can jump on him. We In the time where Rooks aren't around, the cash gen is super important. So he's still going to earn a bit of cash. And his price point's good too. This is the thing, like a, a guy priced in early 400,000s, it's not too late. Yeah. Well, he'll, he'll be closer to 500, I would say, this week. But even still, I think that's well-priced. Yeah. Um, Cosy Pickett had a he could have had a, a huge score, but uh, 87. So anyone that jumped on him, um, is pretty good. I don't know if we may have missed the boat, he'll be near 600k, I think, this week. Um, scrolling down here, Gus Brayshaw again was very was quiet and just got to his 66. I think if Salem when Salem comes back, I think he'll be better, but I think it's going to be for owners for of him, it's going to be a bit of a uh, bit of short term pain, I think. Um, and Kay Chandler was good as well, was very quiet in the first half, but got a bit more open and didn't get burnt as much in the second half and actually got some points. So, 64 coaches that brought him on, Phil would be very happy. And McV 58, Jinby 48, and Van Ruin 48. So, a few lower rookie scores there. So, there you go. And Tim, we'll move on to the final game, Easter Monday. All right, the game today, Geelong's V, Hawks at the MCG, and this will be the last MCG home game for um, Geelong, so watch for those games at GMHBA. Um, so an often injured cat went big on return. Will Day just looks at home in that role, um, high-scoring player for the Hawks today. Um, and like we talked about, Setterfield, just you know, one of those kind of smash picks for this year. Um, coaches that jumped on Stewart, like me, would have been pretty disappointed and we got the tag that we expected, but I think that's still a good long-term trade. Um, and another primo defender stunk it up with sick dog. Yeah, well... Uh, just a round for stinking it up for primo defenders, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, well, he stunk it up, but who would have thought Jeremy Cameron was the, the forward premium that we should have picked this year? He's been very good to start the year. Um Key forwards, I think, as we said, we don't think we can trust them. Uh, he, he could pop a 40 or something out this week and get a tough matchup. But for draft coaches out there, very, very happy with him. Mitch Duncan returned in big fashion with a 127 as well. So he could be a defender that he, uh, we could look at potentially. Has anyone got their eyes on Mitch Duncan or, or are we a bit concerned with the soft tissues going forward? Oh, look, I'm not, I haven't jumped on Zebra for the similar reason of, of Mitch Duncan. It's just the age thing. Um, 
at these early rounds. And again, Zebra's been fantastic, taking nothing away from him. But I just don't want to risk it. I've already copped enough injuries to start the year, and I just need to play a straight bat for a couple more. Um, you know, those that do it, he's got West Coast. They got a pretty good draw now, Geelong, with some um, soft footy. So, yeah, he should score pretty well this week and in the short term. Yeah, he was very, very good today. Will Day uh, was very good once again, 99. I think – is anyone – like Jeff said, you said you weren't too worried about him getting a week. Is anyone worried that he may get a week or are we sort of thinking he could get off? Jeff, can you talk through that? Um, because I was watching yeah. this game, but I actually went to the kitchen to do some stuff, came back, and I see a couple of messages about – Will they probably get in a week, but they didn't replay it. So, and their commentators didn't really talk much about it. It's sort of like it just got moved on. So, what happened? It's like a sling so, tackle. Yeah. It was just a tackle where Close's head hit the ground first. But Pete's just put out a tweet. His, his leg gets, Close's leg gets caught underneath Day's body, and that sort of propelled his body down. But it wasn't a two action tackle in terms of a sling tackle. You know, like you wrap up first and then you. Move, um, roll them 360 and slam their head into the ground. It wasn't that. So, look, who knows? In this day and age, is a, is a is what we all should brace for. It could still be a suspension, but I don't think it, you know he didn't come off with concussion. And the um, the cause of effect, so to speak, is uh, was was nothing. It was play on, and I think that's why no one's talking about it. Mm. Yeah. Um, if worst case, let's talk, just talk quickly. Worst case, if he does get suspended, are we are we holding for a week because of how good yeah. he's been and his break even is still so low? Yeah, absolutely. He is playing inside mid, inside outside. He spreads so well. I watched him really closely today. Um, Eight as tackles. I traded him in, and I was you know riding at home basically. So uh, I think he, uh, he to to have that gift in defence. Um, I, I should have jumped on last week, but I couldn't. And, um, yeah, I think it's a hold. I think he can actually push the top six defenders by season end. Yeah, and eight tackles as well. He's been tackling very, very hard. So he, he looks fantastic. Um, James Warple, only 71. Harmy, are we, are we moving off of Warple? Yeah, I've got Warple and... I'm pretty keen to trade him out this week if I can. So, look, you've got to hold him um, for another couple of weeks. Okay. But, yeah, if you've got the opportunity to, I think it's about time to go. He had 42 and a half and then uh, – and he had, had, like, a pretty good role, but he just couldn't get his hands on the ball and seemed to be up forward a bit too. So, I think it's probably time to get off if we can. Yeah. Um, Tom Stewart, as Tibby mentioned before, was a little bit quiet with his, with his 70 points, but – as you said, long-term, I think he'll be good for coaches that did jump on him. Dylan Moore, 66. That was a bit of our concern with some games when they don't get as much of the ball that he could struggle when 66. But I'm sure if a coach, I wouldn't be jumping off him, but I wouldn't be jumping on him either because he's a bit more expensive. Uh, Cam McKenzie, 56, um, was was okay. And I think we're still going to hold him. He's still got a good role. But, um, but yeah, a little bit of a lower score there. And then the sick dog, Tim, he had a poor game, only 49. Yeah, yeah, very quiet today. Yeah, uh, I, I, again, there's no issues. With... Due, yeah, due to the weather, guys, it was wasn't a uh, marking day today. And Hawthorne, I just thought, fumbled it uncharacteristically quite a lot. Um, they probably panicked under pressure. The bigger bodies, I mean, Connor McDonald and um, who's a younger half forward at the moment, and Cam McKenzie, they just probably uh, influenced by the bigger bodies of Geelong. Um, 
and more watching the body, not the ball, so so much. So, yeah, not a good day for footy um, and fantasy with marks and the likes. So yeah, hey, I don't think panic. just just one other thing. Like Sicily, he kind of probably had to man up a bit in the end. He was pretty free in the yeah. first quarter or so, but he had to man up. And just one other thing I wanted to mention was that that Finn McGuinness tag. He didn't actually tag Stewart. Um, it looked like he was running with uh, uh, Stengel. So Stewart didn't really have um, – well, he didn't have McGuinness, that's for sure, and he didn't have much of a matchup. So his score was pretty low. I'm not sure if that's something we should be concerned about, but, um, yeah, that, that, that wasn't his tag. I didn't watch the whole game, but one of the things that I did notice, particularly when they, you, know, you got the big pan out kind of shots. One of the things that I noticed, though, there was always like a Geelong forward that was going towards Tom Stewart. They were never leaving him free to get those kind of chips around the back. But like I said, I didn't watch the whole game. That would have been in the probably the second, second and third quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, again, it comes down to being wet weather footy, probably not a day for, yeah. for marking defenders. And like you said, it, he'll, he'll come good long term. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Well, uh, that's uh, pretty, that's all the games, Tim. Awesome. So, look, I'm just going to do a quick update on the AFL Fantasy Content Creators Cup proudly brought to you by Infinite Wealth, helping you reach your financial goals faster, where winning coaches will get $5,000 uh, donated to their favourite charity. Uh, like I've been saying, I've been working on something for the past couple of weeks. I've got a website that should be ready to launch in the next week. What we're actually going to do is... Uh, there's a, an online program, our Fast Track to Freedom, that, um, that the cheapest we've ever sold it is about 200 bucks. but that's something I'm going to make available to AFL Fantasy Coaches when it's available, so stay tuned for that. But just a quick update on the kind of the, the top movements there. So DC Caterpillars previously was our leading coach, well, certainly from an overall point of view, and I'm really only kind of looking at that from at this point of the season. He was previously ranked 555, but DC had a pretty uh, stinker of a week, and he's uh, he only scored 1852, and he's dropped out to um, to just inside the, uh, the top 7,000. Stato is our man, though. He has mm-hmm. moved up again with a big score, the biggest score in uh, in the, uh, the league this week, 2085. He's moved up from what was around about 800 or 700, something like that, to 469. So he's... He's having a great uh, a great year so far, and then myself, I've actually moved up into third. I think it'll be so. I had another good good week, couple of hundred point um, or ranking climb to inside the top three thousand, and then uh, Miller time from uh, um, break even pod is just outside the top three thousand. So when lockout lifts, we'll give you a bigger update on that. Um, but apart from that, boys, uh, look, we're, I'm not going to go through any questions today. We've, we've, gonna, we've done our hour, so um, we're just going to kind of leave it there. But uh, I want to thank, obviously, our coaches for, as always, coming on and joining us. We've got, uh, you know, Jep, mate, thanks for joining us. And uh, where can everyone find you, mate? Anything uh, you're up to in the, in the coming weeks? Uh, yeah, no problem for jumping on. Thanks for having me. Uh, at Jep at DT, I really focus on Twitter and nothing else. Um, and yeah, it'll just be a standard weekly pod with the Plus Six podcast, and probably early trades. I give away my secrets because I don't, you know, I'm ranked twenty seven thousand odd, so it's probably good to give my thoughts away early, um, given there's not much consequence at the minute. But I'm actually <laughs> going to look at Lockie Whitfield early. Um, he's really cheap. I think he's uh, low seven hundreds or mid seven hundreds, but you know, around the seven thirty odd. Um, Mark, so I might look at him early, depending on how the Will Day thing goes and and other bits and shits. So, um, yeah, it'll be a, a standard week, really. 
Awesome, mate. Well, thanks for joining us as always. And Harmy, mate, uh, who? We, well, what are your plans? Any trade plans, or what? What are the, who's on the chopping block? Who are you looking at, mate? And then when can people find you? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Tim. Um, I'm not too sure. Yeah, I'm actually a little bit tempted by Samson Ryan if um, they got no Soldo and Nankervis. Um, and then be able to do an upgrade on the other side, so potentially a James Warple up to a Tom Stewart type sort of player. So, yeah, that's that's um, where I'm at with that. But people can find me, uh, John Harmy, on Twitter and sometimes on the Pod Pod with um, Stato and Louis Holmesy and um, and our ringleader uh, Dospulus Steer. <laughs> there. We love the work that you boys do across the pod pod. And Bales, mate, thanks for joining me as always, mate. What are your what are your trade plans, mate? What are you looking at for this week and where can people find you? Um before we go to trade plans, pod pod's great. Uh, just when they don't mention Bales the buy, so uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, you can find me at Bales DT as always. But uh, in terms of trade plans, uh Again, I think McGrath's got to go, so he'll be gone. Um, I'll be doing a shuffle down, so it could be a Callahan down or a, a Alan Davy down, going getting a Moyle if, if he's number one, or Samson Ryan, and going McGrath finally up to Nick Dacos. I just need to get Dacos in my life. So apologies, coaches. He's probably going to go and get a 60 for us this week. So, um, But, yeah, that's what I'm looking at doing. And for all the questions people have as well, I'll be answering those on the YouTube live stream. So you want – I'll be answering the Twitter questions. So if you want them uh, to hear what I say, if you really care about my advice, uh, join me over there. So beautiful. Tim, what are you looking at doing with this week with your moves, mate? Mate, look, uh, it won't be anything too special for me. I'll be starting to cull some rookies. So I'll be starting to look at um, cashing up. And uh, look, I think I'll be able to get to around about five or $600,000 and I'll be looking to um, spend that on a D6 because at the moment I've got like a Wilmot or a Cowan on in that position there. So that's what I'll be looking to do, the first of my kind of upgrades. I won't be able to get to a Primo, but I'll be looking to get to the best uh, best one that I can there. But apart from that, people can find me at TimGuestAU uh, on Twitter for fantasy stuff, for money stuff, everywhere else. Apart from that, guys, thanks for joining us. I hope you had a great week and we'll look forward – well, actually, stay tuned. We've got our um, pre-lockout chat on Fridays about an hour and 20 before the game. So uh, tune into that. But we will see you uh, all – Actually, no? hang on. We, we, no, we got uh, – remember the gather has got the early oh, the yeah. early, early game. So probably the Twitter space will be a little bit earlier than normal, I think. Oh, we'll stay tuned for when that is. Yeah. But, um, people will know we always do our pre-lockout chat. But apart from that, guys, have a great week and we'll see you next week. 